And now it's time for On the Money with your host, Dan White. Dan has been in the financial services industry for over 25 years, and he's been a featured expert in Forbes, Yahoo, the Philadelphia Business Journal, Dow Jones Market Watch, and has appeared nationally on Fox Business News. Dan is a member of some of the most prestigious financial organizations, including the Society of Financial Service Professionals and the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. In addition, he's a chartered life underwriter and a chartered financial consultant, credentials you can trust. Broadcasting from the heart of Wilmington, Delaware, here's your host of On The Money, Dan White. It's the number one threat on many investors' minds today. The mainstream media can't stop talking about it. You won't go a day or two without reading a headline or seeing a news story about what it could mean for us. And it isn't a new threat either. Folks in our country have feared its onslaught for decades. For example, in the late 1970s, former President Ronald Reagan described it to be as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Now, Reagan wasn't talking about the perpetrators behind the ongoing Iran hostage crisis at the time or some rogue organization out to assassinate him. He was talking about inflation, the general rise in prices in an economy. And here in the U.S., inflation doesn't happen overnight. It's an insidious force that slowly and often secretly erodes our wealth. Well, today I'm going to explain why investors are correct to worry about inflation. Right now, it's the biggest threat to both the stock market and the much bigger bond market. Welcome to the On The Money Show. My name is Dan White, and I am the host of your show. And this morning, as I just mentioned, we're going to talk a little bit more about inflation. It seems to be the topic of day today and what it means for you and your money. Before I get into the program, though, uh, we do have a, a giveaway today. And this is the first time we've ever done this, you know. But uh, a few years ago, you know, I was, I was encouraged to publish a book. So I wrote a book on retirement planning strategies, and it's called What You Don't Know About Retirement Planning Can Hurt You. So today we're going to give away a free copy of our book. We're not going to, you know, obviously give away hundreds of these, but for the first 10 callers today, if you give us a call today at 888-690-8820, again, 888-690-8820, Pennsylvania, it's a local call, 610-358-8942. If you're one of the first 10 callers today, we're going to send out to you a free copy of my book, What you don't know about retirement planning can hurt you. So pick up the phone and be one of those first 10 callers. We're happy to get you out a book. This week, we have several upcoming events. Um, seating will be limited, as usual, because of the guidelines. Um, but we're going to be out there three nights in a row on Tuesday, June the 8th. We'll be at the Gables in Chad's 4 to 5.30 p.m. Wednesday the 9th, we'll be at the Deerfield Country Club in Newark, Delaware at 5.30 p.m., and on Thursday, June the 10th, we'll be down at the Back Creek Country Club in Middletown, Delaware at 5.30 p.m. All three programs will be today's retirement concerns and solutions. So if you've got questions about your retirement, not sure where to turn, or you just want to get some, some straight facts about what problems people are facing and what they can do about it, then pick up the phone and give us a call. 
So we've got some inflation data in the last couple of weeks, and it's hot. You know, 4% on the consumer price index, 6% on the producer price index. Twitter is a bit tiresome these days. That's because all anyone wants to talk about is how the Fed thinks rising inflation is transitory, as in it's temporary and it won't last long. And for sure, a lot of commodities are in backwardation due to supply tightness. There was also shortages of things everywhere for a variety of reasons. And this will dissipate over time. But there is one thing that is not transitory, and that's the psychology. For years, people came to expect lower prices. And we got them in the form of cheaper TVs than computers and even food. You know, I used to marvel at how McDonald's could sell a double cheeseburger for a dollar. You know, think of all that goes into that, the raising and the slaughtering of the cattle, shipping the beef, growing the vegetables, making the ketchup, growing the wheat, making the bread, all the labor that goes into it, and then they sell it for a dollar. You know, it's kind of the miracle of capitalism. And Kyle Smith, you know, formerly of the New York Post, wrote about this some years ago and said... It was the most nutritious, calorie-dense food you could buy for a dollar. So for years, prices went down, and people expected them to go down. They would delay the purchase of a TV because they could get it cheaper next year. There was no hurry to buy anything. And as people were getting goods at cheaper and cheaper prices, like, like phones, for example, everyone's standard of living was rising as a result. But that's different now. The psychology has turned. You know, people are now expecting higher prices. And when people expect higher prices, they accelerate their purchases. They buy more than they need and they hoard. They buy sooner rather than later. This fear of inflation is what causes actual inflation. Inflation is all about psychology and expectations, and it is difficult, if not possible, to reverse. The last time we attempted to extinguish inflation expectations, we raised interest rates to 14% and caused a hurricane-force recession with GDP of minus 6%. Yes, that was under the late Fed Chairman Paul Volcker. And now we have articles in the New York Times, you know, kind of crapping all over Volcker's legacy and saying Jerome Powell is the people's central banker. And I've always found this odd because lowering interest rates and printing money and causing inflation doesn't exactly help people at the bottom end of the income spectrum. In fact, it harms them the most. Sure, it makes them feel richer because they're getting paid more in wages, but prices are rising at a faster rate. Instead of the standard of living going up, it goes down. And we are in the very early stages of this. This is kind of just the first inning. Inflation in April accelerated at its fastest pace in more than 12 years as the U.S. economic recovery kicked into gear and energy prices jumped higher. Again, the Consumer Price Index, which measures a basket of goods as well as energy and housing, rose at a rate of 4.2% from a year earlier. 
That figure was more than double the sub-2% level where inflation has been running for several years and was well above the highest pre-report estimate by economists and forecasters. The month-to-month gain was 0.8% against an expected 0.2%. And if you exclude volatile food and energy prices, the core CPI increased 3% from the same period in 2020 and 0.9% on a monthly basis. The increase in the annual headline CPI rate was the fastest since September of 2008, while the monthly gain in core inflation was the largest since 1981. Used car and truck prices, which are seen as a key inflation indicator, they surged 21% this year, including a 10% increase in April alone. Car and truck rental prices soared 82% since this time last year. Shelter or housing, another key inflation component, was up 2.1% year over year. Energy prices overall jumped 25% from a year earlier, including a 49.6% increase for gas and 37.3% for fuel oil. The spike occurred even though most energy categories saw a decline in April. And prices at the pump have resumed their climb in the month of May with the national average eclipsing $3 a gallon for the first time since November of 2014. Further rises are likely from the recent cyber attack which shut, shut down Colonial Pipeline's main transmission line from Houston to New Jersey. And we have known that annual the annual inflation rate was going to rise over the last couple months because inflation plunged lower during the COVID-19 recession last spring. Last year's depressed March and April CPI numbers have now rolled off the 12-month calendar window and replaced with higher figures, thus causing the annual rate to increase. However, the much higher than expected jump in April to 4.2% was due to considerably more than the calendar effect. As I said, there was higher than expected rises in energy prices, housing prices, and other consumer staples and services. Price surges have also come amid supply bottlenecks caused by a number of factors from production issues with semiconductors found in electronics products to the Suez Canal blockage in March, the soaring demand for a variety of commodities. Lumber prices alone have risen 124% in 2021, and copper has jumped nearly 36%. And policymakers are watching April's readings to gauge the extent of what many expect to be a months-long rise in prices after a year of anemic overall inflation as the pandemic curbed consumer spending. Whether an upswing in prices proves temporary is a key question in financial markets and the U.S. recovery as the Biden administration, Congress, and the Fed continue to support the economy with fiscal and monetary stimulus measures. The only question now is whether this inflation is temporary or not. Time will tell. 
Let me give you our phone numbers toll free. You can reach us at 888-690-8820. Again, 888-690-8820 in Pennsylvania. It's a local call, 610-358-8942, 610-358-8942. When we come back after the break, we will talk about what all this inflation means for the stock and bond markets in your retirement portfolio. If you're within five to ten years of retirement, this message is for you. There's never been a bigger disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street. Unemployment over 15%. Unprecedented federal stimulus. Wall Street has never been more volatile. If there was a vehicle that credited you 7% up front, then grew your nest egg by 6 to 7% a year, guaranteed for the next five to ten years before turning into an income stream that you cannot outlive, would you want to know about it? Call Dan White & Associates now for details. 888-690-8820. Surrender charge just another restrictions may apply. Welcome back to the On the Money Show. My name is Dan White, and I am the host of your show. This morning, we're looking at inflation. I mean, it is not coming. It is here. We looked at the uh, <clears throat> the April and May inflation figures, and they're just kind of skyrocketing at this point. And it's kind of concerning because inflation means prices are going up, wages are going up. It's kind of a it's kind of a spiral that just keeps uh, keeps going up and up and up and the one way that the Fed can control this is by interest rates and some of their monetary policies. So we're going to explore that in the second half of our show today is what this could mean for you and your retirement investments down the road. Uh, we do have a giveaway today. Again, uh, first time we've done this, but we're giving away a copy of my book to the first 10 callers today. What you don't know about retirement planning can hurt you. So again, if you'd like to get a copy of this book, it outlines a number of different retirement strategies I've talked about over the years. Be one of the first 10 callers today and give us a call at 888-690-8820. Again, 888-690-8820 in Pennsylvania. It's a local call, 610-358-8942, 610-358-8942. We have uh, several upcoming events this week. On Tuesday, June the 8th at 5.30, we'll be at the Gables on Route 1 in Chad's Ford, PA. Wednesday, June the 9th, 5.30 p.m., we'll be out at the Deerfield Country Club in Newark, Delaware. And then on Thursday, June 10th, we'll be at the Back Creek Country Club in Middletown, Delaware. All three programs, 5.30 p.m., we'll be doing today's retirement concerns and solutions. So if you've got questions about your retirement or the economy or the stock market or anything in general... And you want to see how we're helping people solve some of the same problems that you're facing, by all means. Pick up the phone and get a reservation to one of our upcoming events. And you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the pundits have been calling for an economic rebound since March of 2020. And boy, are we getting it. You know, you can take your pick of the data today. Uh, you know, on the, on the back of quickening COVID-19 vaccine distribution retail sales numbers in the U.S., retail sales, which is a good indicator of spending, rose 9.8% just in the month of March. You know, for another example, non-farm payrolls, a measure of the number of workers in the U.S. minus farm workers, increased by 916,000 in March. And another first quarter domestic gross domestic product in 2021 gained 6.4% versus the 4.3% gain we saw in the fourth quarter. So everything is looking up. But here's 
the important thing when it comes to what all this means for the stock market. The stock market looks ahead while economic data show what happened in the past. So even, even the eternal optimists recognize that a strongly rebounding economy means that some of the easiest gains in the equity markets are probably behind us. The U.S. Federal Reserve easy money policies are moving closer to winding down, and a round of profit-taking may lie ahead. And when all that happens, this stock market melt-up may finally end. You see, many of the Fed's current policies, such as zero interest rates and the $120 billion of monthly asset purchases, were put in place at the start of the pandemic last year. By back then, you remember, the economy looked like it was falling apart. You know, pretty much every asset class was selling off as people panicked. But now indicators tell us the picture is rapidly changing in the other direction. I mean, a strong economy is what we want, of course, but, you know, it means companies are making more money, job growth is on the rise, and people are spending more. And the stronger that economic cycle is, the less help it needs from the central bank or the federal government. You know, this is kind of the dichotomy we face. You know, when bad news comes out, that's good for the markets. <laughs> you know, when bad news comes out, that means the easy money will continue. But when good news comes out, like it is today, that might not be good for the markets. And that's why we need to be paying attention to the cues on when the economic support will be removed. And I think people, a lot of people are missing some important indicators right now. You know, Bloomberg... The Wall Street Journal and all the other big media outlets seem to have the takeaway that the Fed is simply going to keep pumping support into the economy. And the main reason I believe that happened is because Fed Chair Jerome Powell came out of the gates in his regular post-meeting press conference with an angry bent, saying the Fed wasn't talking about making any moves to tighten his policy. But anyone who was listening more closely past his first few answers or anyone who knew how to read between the lines would have heard clues that things could be changing sooner than we might think. Powell actually talked about when the Fed will start tapering asset purchases, along with describing unexpected economic resilience and his outlook on inflation moving forward. In other words, you know, the Federal Open Market Committee, which makes key decisions about interest rates and the U.S. money supply, will slow its stimulus spending if the economy continues to heat up. And these are not insignificant breadcrumbs, you know, if you will, leading to what will ultimately be decisions the Fed will make. You know, when you talk about tapering asset purchases, this is also known as reducing their balance sheet expansion. You see, the Fed is committed to maximum employment and price stability. And the two biggest tools it has today are managing interest rates and growing the size of its own balance sheet to help push liquidity through the financial system. It's been doing this by, you know, by purchasing billions of dollars worth of assets each month. That is primarily what Powell has meant over the past year when he has publicly said the central bank will do all it can to support the economy. 
The current asset purchasing program includes $120 billion of monthly purchases. The breakdown is $80 billion in U.S. Treasuries and $40 billion in mortgage-backed securities. You see, bonds and interest rates have an inverse relationship. When bond prices rise, the rate of yield falls. When bond prices fall, the rate of yield goes up. The idea is that by buying up these bonds on a continual basis, the central bank is managing interest rates without having to adjust the federal funds rate. But without these purchases, rates could be significantly higher. And since the pandemic measures were put in place, the central bank's balance sheet has risen from roughly $4.2 trillion to $7.8 trillion. That jump has taken roughly 14 months. And that's why, you know, at the press conference, reporters asked Powell whether it was time for the Federal Open Market Committee to begin discussing tapering asset purchases. And at first, he shut down completely, and then he hedged. You know, the data shows economic activity is strengthening and vaccine distribution is facilitating a move back toward normal. But Powell said the future of the pandemic is still not yet determined. And until then, policy will remain unchanged. He said the Fed remains focused on the economic outcomes, not projections. Powell said the Fed would like to see more employment gains. He's hopeful there will be a a string of several strong job reports. And if this were to happen, it will put the central bank closer to achieving its goals. And at that point, they would start the discussion about pulling back their easy money policies. So reading the tea leaves using a simple process of elimination and looking at history, that means first reducing asset purchases rather than hiking interest rates, a move that the central bank has typically made to fight inflation or cool the economy. The central bank anticipates in the near term the base effects of our sudden economic rebound will cause a roughly 1% spike in inflation readings, but that those effects will ease in a few months. They'll be transitory. And similarly, it says supply chain bottlenecks will be temporary as well. Powell doesn't expect whole need to counter any inflation pressure, meaning raising rates. But he said the Fed is prepared to take appropriate measures to preserve economic growth and stability. So again, we're getting mixed signals here, but here's here's what could be happening next. The central bank's monetary support of the U.S. economy isn't going away right now or even in the weeks ahead. Current easy money policies will likely stick around until the fall, until the jobs numbers the Fed wants to see are achieved. But if we see those job gains and other indicators of a consistently strengthening economy in the coming months, the Fed could start considering monetary policy changes around July or August. The Kansas City Fed's annual economic symposium in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, could be the perfect event for having that discussion. It's held every August. And we've already seen two rescue measures withdrawn. The Fed is returning leftover pandemic funds from the Treasury's initial economic stimulus package last spring, and it's recently let a leverage ratio expire with current banks. So that means they only have two tools left, asset purchases and lower interest rates. And as the economy moves back toward 
and potentially above pre-pandemic levels, the Fed will increasingly want to retool its arsenal for fighting the next economic downturn. So it's coming. These tools are coming, and when they come, it's probably not good news for the bond or the stock market. Let me give you our phone numbers. 888-690-8820. Again, triple eight. 690-8820 in Pennsylvania. It's a local call, 610-358-8942, 610-358-8942. The economy's booming. People are coming back and spending money, and that's all good news, but good news needs bad, bad news for the Fed monetary policies, and when that happens, look out. If you've got questions, we've got answers. Have a great week. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of their respective parties and not those of this show's producers or this station. Join us again for more On The Money 